Hello everyone, welcome back to Music from the Curator's Chair. I am back with another episode. I just realized that this is an episode that's a little too late, but due to constraints of time and many other factors that have happened, I wasn't able to record this on the day that it should have been released, but it is being released now, and by the time you hear it, it'll be well past the anniversary of Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds' first album debut 10 years ago this is happening this is being recorded as we speak on the 26th of october i am yes on the 26th of october i am very sorry for it not being on the 17th i have had some issues with like some time constraints and a few other factors that have happened in the past couple of days i haven't had a chance to record there have been many factors i just started up a few things but this is happening now and now we're going to go through the the album track by track the first track, which is Everybody's on the Run, I think is a solid start. A few of the weird random countins and whatnot, that's something that's kind of in Noel's style for a lot of the songs you ever recorded with Oasis. There's a lot of things like that, a little bit of like coughing, people walking back and forth and whatnot. Then comes in the choir, like in the strings, it's just so gorgeous sounding, it sounds grand. It starts off this way, and it's a good start to the album. Then it comes in with Dream On, which I thought was going to be an Aerosmith cover because of the same track name, but it was not. It was actually kind of a nice little um, alt- alt- like indie rock sort of sounding tone. It was very clever. It worked well to its like strengths, you could say, for Noel. And overall, this is one of my favorite tracks. A lot of these songs, I have to say, I love like equally. But this is one of my favorites. Then come the three, the the two that are back to back in video format, in a sense. If I had a gun and the death of you and me. If I had a gun, definitely, I think was I think he recorded it many years ago. Like I remember someone said he had a recording of it during a sound check. Someone recorded him doing it. Like he had a song called that. It was during a sound check randomly that he was doing it. I guess just to have some fun. I guess I don't really know what was going on exactly in his mind. But that is something that he had for a while, and that is something that he was doing. It was recorded, re-recorded for this album because he had it at a soundtrack, and it just sounds amazing. Like it just everything in this just sounds so good. It just doesn't need to be changed up. Then comes the death of you and me, which is definitely a, fa- a favorite of mine. If I'm to be perfectly honest, this song is definitely one that when I first heard it all those years ago, all like all ten years ago, this was released a little bit after his uh, press conference that year in August, I think it was, explaining the album and everything else and everything that's happened in the past couple of years before the album came out, like the break of Oasis and whatnot. He kind of went straight to the studio with this. It seems it's a very Baroque pop orchestral sort of sounding rock song of sorts. It's very different. It's very nice. It's clever. And it has... A lot of different sounding things in it that make it just so unique and it's just it's one of those songs i love on this album the next like and it's just one of those ones that i could say i would be more than happy to listen to again the next one record machine i want to live in a dream in my well in like that's how it is i want to live in a dream in my record machine this one is definitely a nice slower paced song it's a lot slow it's not too slow but it's not grinding to a halt slow it doesn't feel like that at all which is very good it's roughly four and a half minutes and it's a decent running song the next song aka what a life i remember being played just everywhere 
this was the second single that I remember he released. The first one was The Death of You Me, and then this one, and then If I Had a Gun was a little bit later. But video format, I think, If I Had a Gun came first, and then, no, I'm wrong. Death of You Me came first, and then If I Had a Gun, and then What a Life, I can't recall. It's around that same time. They all came out around the same time, and I remember liking all three songs. They were great to listen to. And this one I remember fondly well being played at the Brits in 2012. I was never there, but I saw the performance, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this song is just being played so wonderfully well, and I don't want to ever hear another version of this be played. But I did, and I still love it at the end of the day. Then comes Soldier Boys and Jesus Freaks, which is not my all-time favorite song. It's all right. It has its moments of being whatever. But then comes AK Broken Arrow. This song, even if it is three and a half minutes, feels like it's a journey and a half, like a lot longer. And it's just so well done. The, the liquidy piano feelings of it, the musical saw sounding, almost like a theremin, like with a Like, it's just, yeah, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just special. And this is a song that should have had a, a, a video or something, but it never did. Only... If everybody's on the wrong dream on if I had a gun that for you me and AK would have life had um, whatever had singles out for it and then comes stranded on the wrong beach which is I thought this was the end of the album at first originally because just the way it kind of goes because it's like all everything's also sequential and this one actually has like some waves making it sound like it's the last song like, everything's all kind of flowed into one another now after this one is the one song most Oasis fans will remember Stop the Clocks this is a song that was meant to be on the EP that uh, Greatest Hits compilation of source that never was on their period it was meant to be a hidden song or whatever it never got released it was in the vault for years until Noel brought it back again from, like, from the dead you could say and this song has been one of those ones I know he hasn't played a lot live but it's definitely one it's definitely one that is a good way to end the album now, I had the deluxe version. I didn't mention that, but I now I'm mentioning it now. There are three extra songs. The next two, the next one after this one is Let the Lord Shine a Light on Me. This one is one of my favorites out of the bonus tracks, which was a B-side to, I believe, Death of You and Me. I can't recall correctly, but I remember I enjoyed the living hell out of it. And the next one is, no, it was for, um, I believe it was for actually AKA What a Life. The Good Rebel is the other one that actually was another one that I don't like very much. I still don't. It's the only one on this, out of all the songs he's released as a B-side or what have you, and it's on the deluxe version, I don't like at all. I don't find this song very enjoyable to listen to. It's all right, but it's not for me. And now the final song on this track list, which is the longest of them all, A Simple Game of Genius. This song, I remember when I first heard it, I actually didn't like it at first. So I felt like, holy crap, this is way too long. But as time has gone on, I've actually enjoyed it. And it's just an amazing set of songs that are on here. And it's just, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it's one of those ones that you can just kind of put on in the background. And you won't really think twice about it, you know? It's, it's one of those sort of songs. But it's very long. But enough about that. You all want to know what I think about this album. I bet. You're all probably hearing, you're all... Are we waiting in anticipation of what I think? This is one of my favorite albums of 2011. I will defend this album till the day I die. Literally, that will be when I like when I die. This will be the last album I defend. Probably, like, if I have to defend it with my last words, it'll be it. This album, even if it is a classic, it's a 10-year-old classic, and just like 
different gears are still speeding. I like it a lot. There are moments where I don't like it. The first half is always great. The second half has some moments where I'm like, eh, not for me. And then the last song, Stop the Clocks, is what really ends the album, with the exception of the deluxe version tracks, which make it just feel like it is a longer album than it should be. But that is how most albums can be sometimes. You never know. What I do know is that this album definitely had moments of just being pure satisfactory, just being able to listen to it all over again and just enjoying what it's giving me is just mm, it's perfect it's just i don't know what to say about it it just it has moments of just being so dang good and i don't know what else to say about it but at the end of the day i have to give it my thoughts and i have to give it a rating now i know i'm rushing a lot but like this is not intentional this is just an album that should have been released like should have been record like a podcast about ages ago but it was not because things have happened in the past couple of days that I didn't have a chance to address, so I'm not dealing with that at this moment. What is going on at this moment is that I am recording this, and right now you are going to listen to it, more or less. Now, what am I going to give this album? I don't want to give The Godlike Genius 10 out of 10, but I really kind of do like it. In retrospect, back in the day, I would have easily given this album a 10 out of 10, like just 5 out of fucking 5. Like, literally, this album, I'm sorry for swearing... Is godlike. It is amazing. It is just everything and anything I ever wanted out of an Oasis album back in the day. Like after Be Here Now. This is like what should have been what Be Here Now was meant to be. It shouldn't have been completely just overblown, bloated. This is what this album should have like that's what that this album this album should have been what Be Here Now was. Now if I was to look at how many I recall how many album sales for this album had. If I recall correctly, it got to in the UK. I think it was number one in the Billboard 200. It got to 28. It was the US top. It was in number five of the US top rock. Number five in top alternative and Billboard. This vinyl albums. It was number three. And the year-end charts for the UK in 2011 and 2012. Individually, it got to number 14 and number 33, and it was two times platinum in the UK alone, hitting 835,000 sales, which is quite impressive for an album from 2011. And it sold, like, after two days of sales, it sold more than Matt Cardle's album, Letters, which is kind of surprising, but it debuted pretty fast. It, it sold literally 122,000 530 in the first week compared to the Gallagher and BDI's album Different Gears Still Speeding but along at the end of the day it was still just like oh my goodness it was the second biggest album in 2011 in the UK behind Milo Zilato by Coldplay but oh my goodness it's great at the end of the day this album is great I gotta give it a 9 out of 10 anything else I gotta say about this album not a whole lot not a whole lot, but this is my view on Mo Gallagher's High Flying Birds debut. I will see you all next time in the next review. Until then, this is Scott signing out. End transmission. Thank you very much for listening. End transmission.